Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Mean Girls Suck podcast, hosted by Ricky McKenna and Lincoln Brettlinger. Mean Girls Suck is an independent podcast about personal growth, mental health, and our experiences as women getting diagnosed with ADHD in our 20s. We are two former Mean Girls documenting our healing journeys and our enemies to besties friendship. In our episodes, we break down social relationships and try to find the root cause to conflicts in our personal lives, as well as strangers from the internet. Tune in if you'd like to learn more about communication, boundaries, and dropping your Mean Girl persona. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mean Girls Suck podcast. This is definitely our first take. How are you (laughs) doing, Ricky? I'm doing good. Uh, Today we have our friend Skye. Hi, Skye. Hi, guys. Um, We're going to sit down and talk to her about something that's really interesting. And I think it's great that we're talking about it on the podcast because Mm -hmm. me and Lakin have somehow never talked to her about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just talking about how we don't actually know her that well, which yeah. is really funny. <laughs> Maybe Sky doesn't like to be vulnerable, but we're going to make her be today. Ta-da! <laughs> um, something that we absolutely cannot relate to or understand is parenting. True. And I love Sky. I think mm-hmm. she's great. And I was like, do you want to be on my podcast? I would love <laughs> if you came on my podcast. <laughs> She's like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, we're going to talk about you being a mom. Yes. <laughs> Just you in general, because yeah. I think you're an admirable person. Um, you're a very strong person. Um, and you've clearly been through a lot of shit. Um, I mean that as a compliment. You know what I mean? Because you're like a take no shit type of person. So, yeah, I'm really excited to dive into the past because as, for as long as I've known you, which has been like, what, a little over like a year or two now? It's been a couple years, yeah. Um, I don't know much about your backstory, which makes me sound bad. <laughs> well, to be fair, my backstory is one for the books, so. Yeah. So, do you want to give us like a brief, quick overview on who you are, what you do? I know that's always a, a hard question, yeah. but if you want to tell us... If you were introducing yourself to us. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, if I was going to introduce myself, I'm Skye. I'm 30 years old with four kids. Full-time single mom. And I am the sales manager for an automotive store. Wonderful. I didn't even know you were 30. I yeah. didn't even know uh-huh. what the things you learned. This is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> the last, the, the first, well, I guess the first guest we have is Carolee. And I was like, I already know everything about you. Um. But I wanted to talk about mainly today, kind of managing, because I was just telling you, kind of managing your own personal identity, mental health, and like your experience as a parent, and kind of how you like balanced both of those. We went over it a little bit, but you also told us that you have ADHD recently, yeah. which I didn't know, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ADHD girl gang. <laughs> yeah. Like I was telling you last night, mine and Lakin's text thread the other day was oh just a God. huge <laughs> information dump. And I was just like, I am so sorry. I'm it's, all over the place. It was really nice though, because I really like conversations where, like that, where you just like kind of spit thoughts and you don't really need to follow up. You just kind of keep going. It's always good. <laughs> yeah. What, what I do with Lakin is I usually call her about once a day. Mm-hmm. I try to every day and I'm just like hey checking in and it's always like an hour and yeah we'll just we accidentally like, <laughs> talked for like a really long time that happened the other day in the gym she called me she was like how are you and I was like not good the guy at the front desk embarrassed me and I'm having a bad time <laughs> do you want me to beat him up yes I yeah will. he was some See, like weird like... high schooler that was like judging me for my card not going through and I was like listen Sir, I don't need this right now. There's 10 other people here. Your $37 from me is not going to put this gym in bankruptcy. I promise. And it just hurt my feelings. So, beat them up. That's why I like you. She's such like a mom friend too. Every time oh, yeah. somebody's mean to me, that's what she says. She's like, do you want me mm-hmm. to beat their ass? And she like, she will. Yeah, as non-confrontational like, as people. I am, this is why we need Sky Because she is confrontational. This was her last night. She, we, we, we saw somebody and she's like, oh, I beat that girl up before. And I was like, hell yeah, you Are did. you kidding me? I was like, <laughs> I've, never yeah, even, did. I've never even hit anybody. <laughs> I was like, I want to hit somebody. Yeah. I want to... It turned out to not be the girl that I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> but I thought it was for a hot minute. You should have lied. You should have lied. Yeah, in fact, you beat her up again just because. <laughs> yeah, Sky, we actually just bailed Sky out from county jail. <laughs> yep. Shoot, we had to get her on the podcast on schedule. But I do want to hear, like, kind of about, like, how you, how you started having kids. Because it's, 
it's kind of crazy, like, to me, and I, I guess it's not too abnormal to have four kids. No. But it is crazy to me that you mm-hmm. have four kids. I remember when I found that out, I lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, do you kind of want to tell the story of, like, how you became a mom and, like, how that whole journey for you started? Yeah, absolutely. So, when two people love each other. <laughs> <laughs> how, does, how does it work? Yeah, how does it work? <laughs> no, so I was 17 years old when I got pregnant with my oh. oldest. Um, she'll be 13 in two months. I did oh not realize gosh. that. Yeah. Was, I'm like, assuming unplanned then? Relatively. Okay. Um, so as I'm sure at least Lake and you know, I mm-hmm. took off when I was 15 mm-hmm. and fled the state. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's um, hardcore. Yeah. I was. My mom did that to me when I was 15, but I didn't get to go with her. <laughs> <laughs> my mom took off. <laughs> yeah. I was a certified true runaway. Mm. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fled the state chasing a boy. And about a year and a half, two years later, got pregnant. And were you living with him like consistently? Yeah. Like you moved out of state to be with him. Yeah. And then, so for two years, you were like, like where were your parents? Were your parents just like, eh? They they were like whatever about it. <laughs> and that's a that's a whole story in itself. Okay. But but so you were consistently dating him, and then you got pregnant yeah. after two years. So when I when I was I met him when I was eleven, and I said that I was going to marry him someday. Oh, oh, nice. I mean, like not, oh, but that's sweet. Yeah, it is sweet to me. <laughs> you know, chasing that childhood sweetheart was what it was, and ended up down in Georgia, again. And oh, he was in Georgia. Yeah, that's far. I was like, she just went to Indiana. No, <laughs> man, I chased him all the way back down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so went down there after two years, ended up pregnant, and it became a very, very, very bad relationship very quickly. And that so, was after you became pregnant is when it turned? I mean, it was relatively before, but oh, okay. when I got pregnant was when the table was really turned and it became oh. a severe safety issue. Oh. Um, as you guys know, I'm a very like combative person when it comes mm-hmm. to protecting the people that I care about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it stems from that. Makes sense. Um, he and I would physically fight often. And I finally convinced him... At the very end of my pregnancy to move back to Ohio. And I had like this idea. I was like, you're going to have a better job opportunity. We'll be able to get more stable and grounded. We'll get our shit together. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is where my family's at. Right. This is my escape. Mm-hmm. How old was he? He was two years older than me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So convinced him to come back to Ohio. And we got a condo actually in Buckeye Lake. Mm-hmm. The one's directly across from Pizza Cottage. Oh. oh. Yeah. I know where those are. I have a friend that lives there. Yeah. Yeah. My first boyfriend lived there. Your first boyfriend lived there too. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um, my oldest daughter came along and we were already established there. And then when he left the state to go out of town for work, um, I decided that I was going to tell him that I was leaving. Oh. And that I was going to try to pack and be gone before he could get back, and that was a mistake. Oh, no. Um, what happened? He showed up. Oh. I woke up to him standing over me at 3 in the morning. Good. So That was fun. But I got her out, ended up having to come back um, because of some crazy issues that were happening. And then after about a month and a half of being stuck there, physically stuck in that apartment, mm-hmm. I went to my friend Autumn's house and never came back. Is Love that the it. one you were talking about last night? Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you remember the moment where you, like, left to go to your friend's house and you're like, oh my god, like, I I can finally, like, break free and not go back there? That was the intent behind going to her house. Okay. It took me a month to convince him that if I were to leave the apartment that I wouldn't stay gone. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true dedication, like, sticking to that mm-hmm. and, like, not breaking because... Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. From the time that I got those two pink lines on that test, I had promised my child Mm -hmm. that she would not grow up with that. Yeah, like it would. Just to put it in perspective, the situation was so bad that I actually took a baseball bat to his brother's knees. Oh my god! At one point, because he was beating up on his wife. Wow, it was a very bad situation. I feel like a lot of the people who are fairly protective Mm -hmm. and well, I guess not even protective, but. Usually the people who are the most outspoken mm-hmm. about 
like domestic violence issues and relationships are nine times out of ten the people who have been through them the most or almost are like currently in them Mm -hmm. Um, because you see like firsthand and most of the people that I know that like really stand up and are like like girls for girls and um, really stick up for people have unfortunately experienced that kind of stuff which I like knowing what you've been through and everything which you still have to get through. I can, like, see that in you. I'm like, oh, yeah, Sky's been through some shit. That's why yeah. she's so tough. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, so after, after you got out, you went to, you went to Autumn's, and then where'd you go from there? Um, it took me a little while because throughout the time that I was staying there, he would show up, mm-hmm. like, randomly. And I remember at one point, he, Autumn wasn't there. Her boyfriend at the time wasn't there. And it was just me and Lana, and he actually was able to get in the door somehow. Oh, no. And I went to grab her to run out to go knock on a neighbor's door to try to get help. And he, while Lana was in my arms, grabbed me by my ponytail, which was a huge reason that I cut my hair off to begin with. Mm -hmm. Grabbed me by my ponytail and threw me back with Lana in my arms. And at the time, she was 10 months old. Oh, my God. That is the one and only time in my life that I have ever blacked out out of pure rage. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Fair. Yeah. I remember, sit, like, I got up with her, sat her down across the room, mm-hmm. and then the next thing that I remember, like, I was shoving him out of the door, and his entire face was bloody and black and blue. Good. Good. And when I tell you, Good. this Good. man was six foot two and 250 pounds. Yeah. Oh, for reference, Sky is very small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sky is tiny, and this man, no matter his height, is a fucking bitch. So. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a very bad one. Wow. Um, Me and Lakin are both, like... Above 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, I'm a 5'11 lady. Yeah. I'm tall. <laughs> and every time Sky, How tall are you? Like 5'8", five, 5 foot even? Yeah. 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 Every time we're with Sky, because she's so short, we always say we're her bodyguards. Yeah. Bodyguards. <laughs> you, you don't need a fucking bodyguard. No. <laughs> no. It's very funny to think that we would be the bodyguards because... Sky is our bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so how did, how did he finally, like, kind of... So... How did he finally separate from your life or did, or is it like a continuous story where he was like coming back or? So after that had happened, I actually went to stay with another guy. You mm-hmm. know how like some women will use other men to get out of those bad situations. Unfortunately, this was that. Yeah. You yeah. Just, you, um, it, it, and that's common and it's not necessarily your fault because you're craving the safety yeah. and also the romantic connection because once things get bad and get violent in a relationship, you lose your romantic connection and it's easy to want that and to mm-hmm. hop easily from that because you're trying to escape the last person. Well, yeah. And it happens a lot. I don't blame. Like, people are like, why would you hop from one guy to another? It's, it's just, I feel like it's a reactionary thing and you're in a desperate situation, you know? Yeah, and something mm-hmm. that people don't talk about enough, too, is the, the uncontrollable, like, you go into a really crazy manic episode after you get out of a situation like that and the stuff that you do is stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. You make crazy, like, reckless decisions and you're going at 90 miles an hour nonstop. Yeah. And that's because you have this sense of freedom where, like, you're no longer worried about this person coming in the door at 5 o'clock anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I've got all this freedom now. I'm just going to go and have fun and I'm going to do this and that. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly how that worked out. Do you feel like going into an episode like that also stopped you from feeling and processing those emotions of the trauma that you had just experienced? Absolutely. And that was back in 2011, and I wasn't diagnosed with severe PTSD until 2017. Oh, shit. It took me a few years, and to be completely frank, I don't remember a lot of that time period of my life. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't remember, like, 13 to 15 much. Mm Mm-hmm. Every time I listen to Kid Cudi, I'm like, all right, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Old yeah. 2 came out during one of my depressive episodes. Yeah. So I'm like, all oh, like, that brings me back. I feel like it's your brain trying to protect you and be like, no, no, we're fine. We're all right. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people don't know that Sam is not Lana's biological dad. He raises yeah. her. But most people in my life don't know that, especially yeah. if they've only met me within the last decade. Right. So it would also make sense that you wouldn't just like share that story openly with everyone that comes into your life because it's not their business unless you make it so. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy that I ended up going to stay with once this entire situation ended, like it was kind of 
a mutual understanding. He knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I didn't mm-hmm. in my head. Like, I was like, oh, this guy's fantastic. You know, he's here for me. He's helping me out. He's trying to be, like, everything that I need right now. Even though on his end, it was, no, I just need to get her out of this situation. Oh, okay. He ended up, Lana's biological dad ended up showing up and he took off with Lana. Oh, God. <gasps> really? Um, the most terrifying three hours of my life, and I don't know if I should even talk about this part, but the Newark police that showed up uh-huh. went out of their jurisdiction and lied to Cody and told him that he had to bring her back, mm-hmm. even though he yeah. technically had rights at the time. I mean, statue of limitations. Statue of... Limitations. Limita- limitations. Limitations. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been a long time ago. But they did, they went above and beyond to try to help me out in that situation. That's really awesome. I feel like that's not a story you hear often involving the police. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I finally got her back and Mm -hmm. the guy that I was seeing made me go the next morning. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have. I went the next morning to file for a protection order and that was when he fled the state and hasn't come back since. Really? Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh. I mean, that's like pretty nice that you like filed that and he's like, see ya, you know. Yeah, well, Still, yeah he's gone. Yeah. Jeez. God. And like, I'm assuming you haven't heard from him at all since. He does not reach out. His family doesn't reach out. Nothing. Makes sense. It was a 10 year protection order that was granted. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's great. Are you, so when, is that up then already? Has it? Technically, yes. It would have ended yes. last year year before last how old is lana she's turning 13 i thought so okay Mm -hmm. all right yeah i know that makes sense are you worried at all that he's like kept tabs on that um he's had no way to keep tabs on her oh good okay um i know i wasn't as good about it but before if i could english (laughs) english english is rough (laughs) you don't think about the words that you say until you're sitting in front of a microphone yeah that's true so Before, I wasn't worried about posting my kids on social media because I kept everything private. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, only my friends could see it, and I knew that he would have no way of seeing that. Because anyone who knew Cody and knew me knew not to share that information. Right. Um, so that was good. But then, like, once my social media really started to take off and for whatever reason got a following, mm-hmm. I stopped posting my kids at all to where you could really see it unless it was friends only. And even then, I still haven't really posted them a whole lot. Yeah, you don't, you don't talk about your kids a whole lot, and I understand why after hearing that, um, because I don't, I think it was probably the second or third time we hung out before I even knew you had kids. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. we had talked and stuff and hung out, and I think it was maybe, like, a couple months ago, and I was like, you got kids? And Mm -hmm. you're like, I got four of them. I was like, no fucking way. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, are you for real? Um, but I don't, like, I don't blame you for you know, trying to, like, be protective of that part of your life. Like, I, it, if I was, if I went through that, I'd probably do the same. I would, like, kind of keep it to myself, yeah. you know. Do you ever feel any type of, like, mom guilt seeing those moms that do make all of their social media about their kids and, like, always talking about their kids and doing everything around their kids all the time? Like, no. Good. <laughs> I've always wondered about that because I, I'm not a parent, obviously, but I see the, like, argument all the time of, like, what it's like to be a good mom, especially in this day and age when it comes to, like, social media and having a life outside of being a parent and stuff like that. So. Right. So here's the thing about that. Everybody loves their kids in their own way. Mm-hmm. Everybody it parents in their own way and wants to show off their love for their kids in their own way. My thing is your kids don't see your social media unless they're older, right? Yeah. So you're not posting that for them. You're posting that for yourself, mm-hmm. which is great, and I support that. What what bothers me about it is the idea that just because you're not posting it, does that means that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now, I, like I said, I stopped posting a lot about my kids once my social media like really got a following because mm-hmm. I don't want a lot of people seeing my kids or knowing much about them. Makes sense. Like, even when I was posting them a lot, I wouldn't post, like, school pictures where you could see what school they go to. I was very careful about that. And a yeah. lot of that boils back to mm-hmm. Lana being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I try to be very, very mindful of stuff like that. And that's something that a lot of people just don't think about. Yeah. Same with, like, putting names on book bags. Like, a stranger can walk up and... You know, kids don't, 
kids will look at a person and be like, I don't know you. And then the stranger's like, oh, it's okay. Your name's so-and-so. And they're like, oh, okay, so you do know me. It's fine. Yeah. I'll go with you. Or especially, like, anxious kids that, like, don't want to get in trouble or piss anybody right. off. I w- would have totally been the kid to be like, I don't know you, but, like, I also don't want to make an adult mad, so And that's why my kids have a password. Mm. I had a password with my mom. That's Still why do. my kids have a password. Mm-hmm. So that they will know 100% if I sunk for them. Yeah. Is it something, like, totally obscure, too? Yes. Ours was. <laughs> yep. How did we land kids two, three, and four? So I met Aria and Raven's dad at work. And we hit it off pretty quickly. And after I left that job, he and I decided we were going to like stick it out, be a real thing, start a life together. Mm-hmm. And that's when two and three came along. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and were they planned, I'm assuming? They were. They were. Yep. So I was a stay-at-home mom with them. Okay. Which I got very lucky. Once I got pregnant with Aria was when I, we decided that I was just going to take a step back, stay home because of childcare costs and everything else. I would just be paying, like anything that I made would just be going straight into childcare. Yeah. And it just didn't make any sense. Did you enjoy being a stay-at-home mom? I did, but that was hard. Yeah. That was very hard. Um, being a stay-at-home mom, you absolutely do lose your sense of identity because your entire life does revolve around your kids. And that's especially hard when you don't have the support that you need, mm-hmm. especially within the home, to be able to take care of your mental health and everything with that. So, like, after number two, I had pretty bad postpartum depression and went and tried to seek help, and they just wanted to medicate me, which made it worse course so um I mean after a while it kind of leveled out and I was okay but I have a severe tendency of having like really really highs and then I also have very very bad lows so this might be like an obvious question but when you were going through that postpartum depression and that super low point did you realize that you were like oh this is postpartum depression or were you just like fighting for your life every day like not realizing that it could be like anything related to postpartum depression? So as I was going through it, I recognized it because I've always struggled with the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was definitely different. It was a different feeling with the postpartum than your standard, like I have bipolar disorder. So Mm -hmm. going through my bipolar lows, it just was 100% different, a completely different experience. So I kind of knew like right off the rip what I was dealing with and I was aware of it. Mm That's the weird thing about me is like I'm hyper aware of what's happening to me as it's happening and I know oh, how I to wait. Too. That's a coping mechanism from past trauma. Wow, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I always complain to Lakin about how self-aware mm-hmm. aware I am and when I'm feeling things, I'm like, it's kind of hard because we talk about it all the time because we're like, is this a like normal thing or is this like a I'm sad thing like what like because we're so self-aware of our feelings and we're constantly trying to like analyze it and everything yeah damn DJ and Carmel are loud today I'm sorry everybody they're really excited (laughs) um yeah if you overanalyze it can so it's not for everybody obviously but for a lot of people when you're overanalyzing and you're hyper aware then you aren't technically processing or feeling those feelings so you're still protecting yourself from them that's cute. Thanks yeah. for that. You're welcome. Appreciate it. <laughs> how how does postpartum depression feel different uh, than like your standard lows that you had? Because with postpartum, it's not always just like your depression. You know what I mean? Where like your depression is very internalized. It's mm-hmm. you. Whereas postpartum, it's externalized. It can be directed at your children. It can be directed at your spouse. And it definitely just, it hits so much different. Yeah. It's wild because you you realize, like, this is the source of my depression. And then you kind of have that resentment there, Mm -hmm. too, to an extent. Yeah. Plus, when you're staying home, which something that I complimented you on already was having an identity outside of being a mother, too. Yeah. Which I think is pretty vital. Um, And I know that some people have kids and their kids are their entire life and their whole personality. And and that's fine. But I think it's really important... um, for your kids to look up to somebody that 
is aware of themselves, I, I guess. It's, I, it's hard for me to find the words, but I think it's really important in general in life to maintain a good sense of your self-identity and, like, know who you are outside of being a parent. Yeah. I think that I think that's important because it's like, okay, my mom's my mom. Like, what else is she? Like, what is there to look up to besides, like, her being a mom? And then you, I feel like you get so lost in being a parent. And then, like, when your kids get older, you're like, what do I do? Like, yeah. who am I? And then you go through a quarter-life crisis and cheat on your husband or something, you know? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's nuts. easy for us to say because we aren't parents. Because I also think at the same time, it's equally as important to whatever, you know, mom or dad to live the parental lifestyle that they deem yeah. fit. And if they love being totally immersed in their kids and not having a, their own personality... That's like, then that's great. And that makes them totally happy. I feel like that can't be healthy though. It could be, you know, it like some people are born to be parents. Well, think about like relationships. Like how many people do we know that are so immersed in their relationships that they have nothing outside of it and how unhealthy their relationship with it, with their partner is because of it. I feel like that could be different than being a parent though, except for like the weird boy moms. They freak me yeah. out a little. Like, the ones that just want to kiss their sons. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think the, the, the bottom who, line is here. Yeah, I should yeah. not have kids because I obviously don't give a shit about them already. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I... So, yeah, Sky, please I'm speak for us. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm with you on this because... Wait, who? Which one? Lagan. Or, Jesus Christ. My name's Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you on this because there is a reason that they coined the phrase empty nest syndrome. Yeah. When when a parent spends their entire existence solely wrapped around their children, they have no identity. And that's why like empty nest syndrome is such a thing when kids grow up and they're leaving the house because then that parent's just like, I don't know what to do with myself now. Yeah, it's like, what? who are you? you right. Know? It's like if you lose yourself. And I think in general, like if you lose yourself and somebody else even if it is your child what do you do when that person leaves Mm -hmm. right and that's something for the longest time i did struggle with that because i had no network i had no support system um over the last i'd say three years is when i really started to try to like gain my circle and figure out who's going to be in my circle Mm -hmm. and i'm a lot better for it yeah if i didn't like I know that you got we're not like super close, but if I didn't have you guys to hang out with when mm-hmm. I go out, even though I don't go out very often, I would have like I don't know that I would still be here after this last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's been um a hell of a year for you in particular. It definitely <laughs> has been. Yeah. <laughs> Which also to disclaim um or a disclaimer on my views on parenting, I'm not a mother. <laughs> yeah. I mean like we aren't parents and like we can only really speak from what we've witnessed growing up with the parents that we've had like yeah. I, I think we're speaking from the experience of children everybody's different who grew yeah. up with certain parents you know yeah. what i mean my I, mom was too independent no my mom completely did not give a shit about me she's like i'm me you're you fuck you yeah <laughs> no my mom did a really great job of being independent and being a hard worker and showing me how important it is to like have a personality and goals and hobbies but then like my mima who raised me she's just naturally a caregiver it's her favorite thing raising her kids her grandkids her great grandkids yeah she i, did I got mima's hair the other day yeah. and she talked about lake in the so entire I, time i guess that's where i'm coming from when i'm talking about like people who are just like born to be not necessarily parents but caregivers yeah you know what i mean but also i'm not a parent so i don't know <laughs> um so how long did postpartum depression last for you it, it doesn't, I, I guess it's different for everybody, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it hit at about a month in after Aria was born, and then it lasted probably six to eight months. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Do you remember how you felt? Did you ever, like, realize that you were, like, it was finally over, or did it just, like, kind of start to get better, and then one day you're like, oh, shit, like, it got better? I don't, so for me, it always happens like a switch. Really? It turns on and off. I'll be fine one second, and then next thing you know, that flip is, like something triggers it, and then Mm -hmm. that switch just flips. Interesting. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. So how how old are you, like, by the time your third kid is born? God, I don't remember. Uh, (laughs) Raven was born in 2019, so I would have been 25. 
How long ago was 2019? I, she said 2019. And I'm like, that was last year. I know, that was 16. Like, she was 2016. Oh, God. That freaked me. Don't Millie scare was 2019. Me like that. Jesus. Yeah, I was like, Millie was 2019, Raven was 2016. See, I've got so many, I can't keep track. Yeah. That's why I give them numbers. <laughs> One, two, three, and four. <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, so number three, where'd that one yeah. come from? <laughs> no, I call them by their numbers when I'm like, I'll go through the list of names as I'm yelling, and then I'll be like, stuttering names, and it's just like, haha, they're laughing at me and mocking me at this point. I'm like, fuck it. Number three. <laughs> number three. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so how did, uh, two and three, how did... Like, the relationship... Did you marry their parent? Is that your ex-husband? Or? Yes. Okay, so you married yes. that parent. Sam and I were married. Um, Raven came along. She was born in 2016, and Sam and I separated in 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, was it, like, a build-up? Or was it more of, like, a out-of-nowhere thing? It was definitely a build-up. Mm-hmm. Um, I will over-communicate my feelings and my wants and my needs. And when I feel like they're not being met after so long, I'm done. Yeah. That's a very fair boundary to have for yourself. And that's exactly how that went. Yeah. And I, I sat him down one night, and I was like, either we go to couples therapy or I'm done. And this is the one and only opportunity that you're going to have to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And he's like... I'm not going to a fucking stranger to talk about our problems. It's like, okay. A lot of people have that perspective on it. Yeah. But, I mean, good for you, though, for being like, all right, well, I tried. Uh, yeet, bye. Yeah. I, I, I relate a lot to you saying that you, like, over-communicate your feelings. Me I feel too. like I'm a victim of giving people a lot of chances. Lincoln's seen me do this. Yeah. And I'm just now, in the past year, getting to the point where I'm starting to say the phrase, I've communicated this to you or I have told this to you before or even we were just talking about it before I started recording like I've told you that I'm uncomfortable with this mm-hmm. um, I'm not talking about this anymore I'm done yeah and I've started to like distance myself from people who don't respect that because I've noticed in my relationships I continuously over and over and over like tell people and it's not even me being controlling or demanding it's me saying I need this mm-hmm. to have a successful friendship relationship whatever these are my needs. These are my boundaries. And I've expressed them over and over. And it's just me telling them. And then they don't listen. And I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, I told you this. Yeah. Not I my mean, fault you have poor listening skills. I feel like not everybody in your life is able to meet your needs or you, you know, meet their needs. And that's why people come in and out of relationships, yeah. you know? Because yep. if everybody could meet everybody's needs all the time, then it would be too much. It'd be overwhelming. You'd never have that pure connection with people that actually do hit you on that same level. Yeah, it's like they're yeah. just putting their hand on a hot stove over and over, and yeah. you're, like, really fucking sick of going to the emergency room <laughs> yeah. all the time. And you're just like, hey, knock it off. And I would be the person that would go to the ER, like, 12 times before I finally was, like, over it. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point where I'm only going to the ER, like, three times. You know, they And just, then I'm over it. I'm like, I told you. They need to <laughs> meet that person. It makes them happy to take them to the ER. So, and yeah. that's a person meeting their needs. Here's the thing, too. You can communicate to someone your boundaries, your wants, your needs, and expectations. And how they respond to that is going to tell you whether or not they should be in your life. Either they're going to respect, respect. It's true. Matter of respect. They're going to respect it, mm-hmm. and they will completely like. They'll either take that into consideration and be more considerate of you, or they won't. And mm-hmm. if they won't, that's because they don't respect you or care. Yeah. yeah. And that was something that I came to terms with with my last serious relationship. Was I've communicated this to you as a problem. The way you speak to me is not respectful. It's not okay. And that person chose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And so I ended that relationship. Yeah. And then they always come back like wondering why. And it's like, you don't have to give anybody a second chance if you don't want to, you know, second chances aren't for everyone. So and nobody is entitled mm-hmm. to your time or mm-hmm. emotional labor. If I have to teach you how to be a respectful human being, then I don't need that in my life. I'm, like, I'm, I'm busy teaching four other humans that I've made yeah. to mm-hmm. be respectful human beings. I don't have time for a fifth. Yeah, you know? literally. Like, it, mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous. Like I, Sometimes I see, and I, I'm thankful I haven't had to deal with this, Like, but like I see my friends who are in relationships, and they have to literally like teach, It's especially with male partners that I see, they have to, like, teach their male partners how to, like, function. Yeah. Like, how to communicate. Like, they basic... They have to parent them. Basic shit you learn in, like, second grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, do I have to teach you the alphabet? And I'm like, <laughs> like, why is it so, like, 
Like, I, I just don't understand why it's so hard for some people to fucking get it. Yeah. Well, the last person that I was in a serious relationship with could not even make macaroni and cheese. Shut yeah. up. Oh. I, on everything that I love, I swear. No way. Could Lord. not even make macaroni and cheese. And their excuse was, my mom did absolutely everything for me. It's her fault that I'm not a functioning adult. Oh you need boyfriends God. with mommy issues because mm-hmm. they've figured out everything already. And I, I kid you <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, a man with a deadbeat mama. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was pretty much taking care of myself when I was 12 years old because mm-hmm. the woman that adopted me was always at the bar. I was driving her home from the bar drunk when she was when I was 12. No shit, really? Yes. My God, was that terrifying? Um. A little, because I was sitting on a briefcase, because as you guys know, I'm small. Yeah, yeah like you're already <laughs> oh tiny as an adult. I can't imagine this, like, yeah. three-foot-nothing 12-year-old being like, hey, mom. You guys know that TikTok of that dog that's sitting in the driver's seat, and the guy's like, where'd you learn how to drive a car? You just see baby <laughs> Sky driving. Where'd you learn how to drive a car? <laughs> I had to. Did I you had reach to- the pedals? I could actually. Oh my god! I had to grow up very quickly. Yeah, and I think that's part of too. like that. That's partly what fueled my runaway mm-hmm. at fifteen thing. Makes sense. Yeah. But so after Sam and I split up, yeah, um, I started working at Amazon, mm-hmm. and that's where my new life started. And then baby number four came along. Jeffrey Bezos delivered your baby number four. <laughs> I tell people all the time. I met my Jeffrey husband at Amazon. <laughs> Like, I get everything at Amazon. I even got my husband there. Oh, so my God. back though. delivered on Prime. Prime baby. <laughs> Prime baby. You subscribe and save that shit, too. You yeah. get one every month. <laughs> oh, God. No more, please. No more. No more babies. And you, did, you didn't marry him. You just dated no, him. No, we did get married. Oh, you, oh, so you've been married twice? I have. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, That pregnancy was kind of what spurred it. And then that pregnancy is also kind of what ended the relationship um, so it was very quick marriage yes but no we were okay. together for three years okay yeah we were, were you married for three or just together for three we were together for three we were married a little less than a year okay okay um we ended up splitting when millie was god i want to say she was right around a year old yeah um, he and I just became roommates and best friends. Yeah. And to this day, he's still my best friend. Oh, I love that. I'm so yeah, happy that one of your ex-boyfriends is still your friend. Yeah. After the stories you've told, I'm like, please don't let him <laughs> I was sitting here, like, scared. I'm like, you're not going to fucking tell me. That's really so sweet, though, that, like, you guys were able to recognize, like, yeah. romantically it's a no, but BFFs, it's a yes. <laughs> well, we didn't even sleep in the same room for the last year. Really? We did not. Um, there was a lot that contributed to it, but I mean, it just, it changed from loving each other in that intimate way to just being absolute best friends. And mm-hmm. to this day, I still tell him everything that happens. Like he yeah. hears more about my life than anyone and yeah. he supports me fully. That's really sweet. I'm really, yeah. I'm really thankful, especially after what you've told me that you have like, uh, like a, like a co-parenting relationship mm-hmm. and you're able to have a positive relationship uh, with with somebody that you've had a child with after hearing the first one and I bet it's such a relief and it yeah it, oh my gosh so it's a weird thing too because I have the dynamic of parenting like my two well the other children's father he and I like we're not super close mm-hmm. um there was that was a tough separation and there was a lot of bitterness there um because he was hurt yeah. when I decided to end our marriage and 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 that hurt, he said a lot of really mean things. And I knew, like, in the back of my head that if I ever wanted a chance at a positive co-parenting relationship for the kids, that I just needed to bite my tongue. Yeah. So that's what I did. That literally happened with my mom and my dad. Uh, same thing. She literally just had to, like, not say anything and just let just him... accept it. Yeah, just let him do and say whatever he wanted until it finally passed. Well, I feel like after being it, through it previously with two other men, too, like, you finally, like... You're like, okay, I know how to do this now. You're like, yeah. You're like, I, I have figured it out. Like, and, and if he's if he's okay with it, you're like, I'm okay with it. We will figure it out. And you kind of, you you know, you learn. Like, it, only being 30, I feel like you've lived 27 lives. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 26, and I feel like I've lived 100, but it's nothing compared to you. We have, like, a new fucked up friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I always thought I had it the worst. I'm like... I remember you reached out to me once, um, like, when I was bitching about not having a dad or something, 
And she reached out to me and like offered to like help me on it. Yeah. And I was I like, said, I'll be your dad. I was like, I was like, how do you know this? And like she gave me like I was like, you don't have parents either. And she's like, no. And nope. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, we got another one. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I always see like some of my friends still live with their parents mm-hmm. and like they have good relationships with them. I'm like, damn, what's that like? Can't yeah, like holy shit. Yeah, luckily I have a great relationship with my mom and my stepdad. I used to have an okay relationship with my dad, and then he just decided that he did he just didn't want to be a dad anymore. Um, which you know, sixty is a lot of years to be a dad. He was a dad for like. How old am I? 28? He was a dad for 28 years, so maybe he just got You're not tired. 28. I'm a no, I'm not. I'm 27. Yeah. I'm gonna be 28 in June. Yeah, anyway, he just got tired of it, I guess. So I at least have my mom and my stepdad, and that's like that's good enough for me. So, I was adopted. Yeah, I heard you say that, and I don't. I feel like I didn't know that you were adopted. I was adopted by you, my maternal aunt. Oh, do you know anything about your bio parents? I do, actually. A little bit too much. Oh. Um, <laughs> my biological mom was in and out of my life my entire life. And she was always on drugs. So anytime mm-hmm. I saw her, she was strung out and hitting rock bottom. That was why she would come around. And that's when chaos would always be a thousand times worse than what it already was, living with an abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she actually died in May. And my adoptive mom, I had her living with me. I bought her a camper so that she would have a place to stay because she couldn't get into a rental. And found out that she was stealing from me and on drugs herself. And I kicked her out. And now I've completely washed my hands of her. I don't talk to any of my family, really, except for my older brother who lives in California. Um, My biological dad lives in California. That's where I was born. He has... Three sons over there, uh, two of which you were, I've never Wait, you were meet. born in California? I was. That's why you're so cool. <laughs> that makes so... You're a West Coast person. That makes so much fucking sense. Yeah, I always wondered why she was so cool. Yeah, it's because you're not Ohio born. <laughs> you, know, you know how you and I are always like, I want to be the cool, mysterious girl yeah. that smokes cigarettes in the back with her leather jacket and shit? That's good. And we always wanted to... We always wanted to be like that. Yeah. But we weren't... We, we, we weren't like, we would overshare too much. Yeah. And we were too goofy and quirky. Sky's the fucking girl in the back that we yeah. always wanted to be. Yeah. That's why we like you so much because we always wanted to be like yeah, you. Yeah, because I want to be you yeah. so bad. We wanted to be like cool and mysterious, yeah. like with past and like, you know, uh, like what's her face from Fight Club? Um, I've never seen Fight Club. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's such a good movie. What's I already, fucking, I already, with the black hair, the I crazy one? It. I cannot think God of it. God damn it. Crazy, crazy girl, uh, Tyler's girlfriend. Um, from Fight Club. Always wanted to be like her because she was kooky and she was mysterious. She said shit that did not make sense and she would just smoke cigarettes and wear all black and sit in the back of the room. And, and that's what I wanted to be. And that's you. Mm-hmm. But you're not kooky. You're not crazy. But you're mysterious and cool. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it takes a little bit of a level of crazy to take a bat to someone's knees. Is, she is, is it Fight crazy Club. or is it response? You know? You're right. Yeah. That was totally a reaction to what was being done. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're crazy. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I have my moments of insecurity, but I also don't right. love the word crazy to describe people because I think it can be really mean to people who are like schizophrenic. No, I'm certified. Or... Yeah, see? Certified. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe you call yourself crazy. Yeah. You're calling yourself crazy. But yeah, we always we always wanted to be that cool girl mantra. And mm-hmm. I think that, that's why we like Sky so much because she's the cool girl. Yeah. Like... <laughs> So how does it feel now, um, kind of being rid of that past that, you know, forced you to grow up so quickly and put you through so much trauma? Oh yeah, where are you now? Because you like, you always, you seem like you really, you, you seem like you figured it out. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, for what it sounds like, you did most of it on your own. You know, you, you had help from some, the, the kids' fathers and everything, like at least two of them, I would assume, but like you... You kind of figured it out, like, how to do this on your own, I feel like. And I know that nobody's perfect. You're probably going to say, I make mistakes and I fuck up, which everybody does. But, like, where are you now? Like, how um, do you feel? Because you, you seem like, especially, like, the rough year you had last year, you seem like you really kind of crawled your way out of all this shit. You seem like you're in a good place. I am very good at masking. Yeah, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah, makes sense. I'm, She's like, shut the fuck up, Ricky. No, <laughs> I am very good at masking when I'm dealing with some severe internal struggles. So, like, if you didn't know exactly what was going on or, like, the current situation of my mental health, you would never know. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from the pressure of being a single parent. And I I switched a job last year. Um, 
left a job of five years that I absolutely loved, that I had great relationships that I built there with many customers and other employees throughout the company to chase other opportunities and hopefully find more opportunity and left a very bad toxic relationship where I was being made out to be crazy to everybody that would listen. Mm-hmm. And I've... I'm, I'm not the kind of person to try to fight to have my story heard and have my side heard when it comes to stuff like that. Like, sometimes when it comes up, like, I'll talk about it. But I let people say what they're going to say. Because at the end of the day, I'm still just me. And I'm going to stay true to who I am. And the people that get to know me will know that. And they'll know what's true and what isn't. I love um, that. I love that so much. I want to be more like that. Like, that's a personal goal of mine is to be, like not trying to fix everybody else's uh, view of me. You know, you can't control stuff like that. It's kind of funny to me to hear your guys' perspective of like what you see of me mm-hmm. because I'm just like, man, you guys make me sound so cool. And I'm you just, are so cool. Yeah, you come <laughs> off, I think that's nice having somebody we don't know that well because, I mean, we know you were friends, but we're like, this is like the first time you've ever been to my house kind of deal. But like it to to us, you always came off as just like, Oh, the cool, like gorgeous girl in the back and stuff like that. And like yeah. we always I always thought you were so cool when I would see you around and stuff. And I'm thankful that I met you and like we became friends and we started like hanging out and stuff. I I really enjoy knowing you. Um, like we hung out last night, I think for one of the first times just us, and that was really nice. And um I like I we always just thought I don't know me and Lincoln I think it crushes on people that's how I met, <laughs> that's how I met Carolee I thought I saw her and I just thought she was cool yeah I was like look at this cool girl well I specifically remember um Sky you went through a breakup and I had messaged you after said breakup and was like hey I just want to let you know no hard feelings um I would st- really like to be your friend and get to know you <laughs> which that meant the entire world to me did it really it did. i thought i was like this is gonna come off as weird <laughs> no because that breakup was very difficult mm-hmm. and it wasn't the breakup itself it was finally standing my ground mm-hmm. in that because i accepted way more than i should have throughout that and i'm at the point in my life to where i'm not going to accept anything less than how i treat you mm-hmm. and that was not what i received in that at all and I knew that he was bad mouthing me to anyone who would listen even while we were together so to know that there was like hey I hope you're okay no hard feelings I'd like to be friends like it just it did it meant a lot to me oh good okay because I was like this is gonna seem probably really weird and maybe a little shady but I totally mean it (laughs) no I love women yeah, I dude, do. I'm a girl for girls. I am. I, I literally have girl power attached to my I know, arms. I love that. <laughs> oh, okay. I also, um, if we, yeah, we have the time. I kind of wanted to ask about your journey transitioning into the person that you are now. So coming out oh, yeah, of- your identity. That was yes. the whole point of this. <laughs> so like coming out of being a mom and like not really knowing who you were, what do you- I guess, can you reflect on the process of becoming who you are now? So when I was a stay-at-home mom, like I said, that was a huge struggle. And in being a stay-at-home mom, your entire life revolves around your kids. And you don't get a break. You don't get to clock out and that be it at the end of the day. And I think that's the hardest part. Um, You're there working 24-7, even if it's not actually work. So once I separated from that marriage and started my own life, to where I would have those two nights a week away from my kids was when I really started to be like, okay, I really need to find something for me to do to occupy my mind. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm alone with my thoughts is when I really struggle the most. Yeah. And I'm, I still struggle with that now where when I don't have my kids and they're off with their dad, which again is two nights a week, I'll sit there and I'll like I'll start to go through all these things that I'm not successful and in my head and that's when I'm just like I've got to get out of the house Mm -hmm. yeah I've got to get out of the house and so I don't want to say that I'm like mastering having an identity because to this day I still I feel like I there's not much to me I'm just me and I'm nice and try to have fun are you kidding me you like graze (laughs) over like lightly graze (laughs) over like you having kids and it took an hour you're like there's (laughs) There's not that much to me. But like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
like you just talked about like you literally didn't even go into details you're like oh yeah so this happened and it took an hour like are you kidding me i think i think you are like so cool and the more that i get to know I, we just keep saying cool but the more that i get to know you the more that like i admire you for what mm-hmm. you do and i feel like you're belittling like yourself as a person by saying you know i don't know well really like nobody is really sure of who they are in general yeah i think that's very normal yeah. Especially, like, because in the age of social media, you see people with all these, like, weird, obscure hobbies and doing shit all the time. And, you're and like, if you're a person that likes to, like, go out and dance or make TikToks or do your makeup, then suddenly, like, you're not as interesting or, you know, exciting as, like, yeah. other people. Um, but that doesn't, like, make you less than human, you know? Right. Well, this past summer, I started modeling. Yeah. yeah. I, I had never even so much as had like a senior picture done. Look at you go. Mm-hmm. Look at her go. And I thought that that was such a cool experience. And I've like, I, I think that was when I really started to branch out a little bit and be like, you know what? I am my own person and I am still like, I, I've still got it mm-hmm. four kids later. I, while I'm doing it by myself, like, I, I'm still, like, I've got my foot in the game still. You're only 30. It sounds, people think 30 is so old. You're still so young. You're yeah, I don't know what 30. people expect to happen at 30, like, for you to, like, you turn into dying. a dust or something. I don't know. I think that there's, like, society has this concept where that's when you're really starting to settle down and mellow out. Mm-hmm. And I've been in a, I've been a mom my entire adult life, so yeah. I've never really gotten to explore my interests. Yeah. Because I've always either been working here with my kids or in a serious committed relationship where I'm committing my time to someone else. Mm-hmm. And for the last year since I've been on my own, aside from a couple months where I was seeing someone, I mean, that's when I've really had the chance to explore my interests instead of having to worry about someone else's interests. Mm-hmm. This Is this like the first time in your life, like the past, I know that you ended a relationship last year, but... The past couple months, is it like the first time in your life where you haven't been like in a like a serious committed relationship, like for this long? Is that for the last year? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's why that like you've kind of been able to explore yourself because you haven't, you haven't had, you haven't been pregnant, you haven't had to worry about a husband or whatever, and you've just kind of been doing your own thing. Yep. Because with Lana, like I had her, and then. Once Sam and I got into our serious relationship, like that lasted for five, six years. And then, of course, almost immediately after, I ended up with Justin. And then after I left Justin, I immediately started seeing Tanner. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I've always been in a serious relationship. I've never had the time to explore my own identity. I've always been more right about everyone else around me. And I'm kind of stepping out now. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck everyone else. This is who I am, and this is what makes me happy, and the people who support me are the ones that should be in my circle. Hell yeah. What what advice do you have for um, teen moms, or like anybody that's going through a young pregnancy? I guess, like, not really young. I guess if you have a kid before 20, it's kind of, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, though, like, being a mom in your early 20s, that's still, it's, like, tough, you know? Yeah, what, what advice do you have for young moms under 30? <laughs> be careful being due to, too dependent on other people. Do not lay all your eggs in one basket and be careful who you talk to because more people want to see you fail than want to see you exceed. So true. Is that why we watch 16 and Pregnant? Yeah. We love the drama. It's the drama of it all. Smoking weed with Kifa. Yeah. <laughs> well, people, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll listen to you talk about stuff that you're dealing with or your struggles or whatever the case may be and it'll feel like a source of support but instead of it being a source of support they're listening to it for the tea and then they want to talk about it to other people so my biggest thing was just be careful who you think is going to be in your support and make sure that whoever you are talking to and whoever you do trust with whatever is actually in your corner Mm -hmm. and it's hard to peg those people down because I've had people who I thought would never betray me betray me in the worst possible way yeah that's why that's why we started this podcast because me and Lincoln were we would we would go through shit and we would sit there and have conversations um, but we wouldn't it, it wasn't like Lincoln being like ooh you know like drama or anything I mean we still say that like when our friends do stupid shit I'm like ooh drama <laughs> but like um, like we would have these really good conversations to where 
you know, I'd be like, man, I'm going through this with whatever. And then we would have like a back and forth where we would like break it down really well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are a lot of people out there who just listen to you and act like you aren't right. They just listen to you and act like they're supporting you. But you can kind of tell mm-hmm. like in their response if they're just like, yeah, that's crazy. Like, or, oh, what are you going to say to him? But like, I don't, we haven't really, I haven't really had those deep conversations with you, but I do with Lakin and we go back and forth and try and like help each other on it and offer each other advice and stuff. And I think that's when you know that you really have somebody that you can like break down stuff with and like really trust. I promise me and Lincoln are really big cheerleaders of you. We talk about you all the time. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. We talk we talk so much shit about Sky. Oh yeah, Sky, I hate you actually. I'm just kidding. You stink. Yeah. Smell. Smelly smells as That's my biggest How many times I might smell? How many times have you been on the other today, Lincoln? How many times? Four. Yeah, you want to talk about you're smelly as don't talk shit about Sky. We love Sky. We are your bodyguards and your cheerleaders though. Yeah. Absolutely. But for real though, like I would say best piece of advice is definitely just to find a good source of support, whether it be from family that you know you can trust or mm-hmm. a close friend that has never turned their back on you and just keep your nose to the ground and do what you're doing. Yeah, I feel like I hear a lot of people say, I guess not a lot of people, I've only known like a few pregnant people in my entire life, but I've heard them say that they had a lot of friends when they announced that they were pregnant and it was like... You know, like when the baby shower was around and people were super supportive and then like the baby's born and like moms are drowning and they need somebody to just watch their kid while they take a shower and suddenly nobody's around to help and nobody's your friend anymore unless something bad happens and they have something to report on to other people. Um, A hundred percent. When my mom died in May, it hit me like a ton of bricks because Mm -hmm. then that made it permanent that we were never going to have a good relationship. And Ooh, I, I didn't yeah. have... Ooh, that hurt. Uh-huh. Oh, you, I feel like you just... You're like, that made it part of it that we'd never have a good relationship. That stung, and that didn't even happen to me. Yeah. Ooh. I okay, didn't have sorry, a I didn't single... mean to cut you off. I was like, that's a heavy one. It is, yeah. Not one person reached out to me. Not one. To be fair, I didn't know you, so I'm I know. not... <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's your fault, not mine. <laughs> so, I mean, that was kind of like when I realized right then and there, like, you know what? I don't care what other people think about what I'm doing or what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to continue to do what I should be doing and the right people will find me. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. I know I've always been that friend that I have a friend who has an older son. Um, well, he's not older. He's like eight. But um, she'll, she's always so insecure about it. She's like, oh, I can't hang out. Like I have my son. I'm like, bring him over. Mm-hmm. Like, I hang out with him and stuff. So, I'm, I'm that friend. I don't give a shit. If you have kids, I'll hang out with them and be their friends, too. I used to play Fortnite with my friend's son. Yeah. So, she could, you know, chill out. She goes, hey, can you play Fortnite with my kid for a little bit so I can <laughs> clean? And I'm like, absolutely, I will. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm goofy enough to where I can still, like, hang out with kids and stuff and, like, have fun. So, if you're ever stuck with kids and you need to bring them over, it's fine. They can come hang out here. But, um, yeah, I love kids, man. I like, I, I think I want to be a parent one day. Um, this is more of a reflection on me than it is children. You know what I mean? I do love kids though. They're the best. That kind of sounded creepy. I didn't mean it like that. I like to babysit. <laughs> Keep kid, talking. Kid, We're talking. I'm sorry. Kid, like, kids are fun. I like to watch them figure shit okay, out. Okay, no, stop. No, stop. You're good. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to explain myself. I don't bring a lot of people around my kids. Um, I'm very wary about people who could potentially be in and out of my life. Yeah. I may not even tell anybody when I have kids. You That's, guys will just come over unexpectedly one day and there'll be like a fucking kid here. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm telling tell I everybody. can imagine that would be really confusing for a kid. Yeah. Like, to get really close to somebody and then suddenly they're like not around anymore. Yeah. Um, so, like... If I'm bringing someone around my kids, it's because I've either known them for a long time or they've built up a very severe form of trust, mm-hmm. which uh, we've talked about it too, like mm-hmm. you coming over and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always just like, but I'll have the kids. And you're like, it's fine. And I'm like, but then I'm insecure. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. my kids are chaos. Yeah. It's almost like you're, it's I mean, like, you got four girls. How could it not be chaos? No, dude. Like Raven will straight up walk up and give you the bird and be like, fuck you. Oh, she is your daughter. She is. 100%. But she doesn't do it in a serious way. She'll do it in a funny way to kind of test your boundaries. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't remember why, but for some reason I was apprehensive when I first met you. And I can't remember why. It's probably that shit that you were saying about whoever running their mouth or something. 
And then I remember I got to know you and I was like, oh my God, I love Sky. Mm-hmm. And I remember you hung out with her for the first time and you were like, Sky's great. I'm mm-hmm. like, Sky's great. And now we're here recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I love it. But Sky yeah, we're life. not. <laughs> I, I, and I also, I feel like the people that like are shitty about at our age, it's normal to have kids. A lot of our friends don't. And that's why I wanted to have you in too. Um, but like, I feel like if you were in like your mid to late twenties and you're like shitty about your friend having to have their kid around, grow up. I know, right? Like, like then why are you even their friend? Yeah, like <laughs> if you don't want to hang out with kids, don't be friends with moms. 100%. Like it's it's weird. Like to to like people complaining about, I I and I like people. Oh, your kid. Like I and, and it sounds insane that somebody would even say that. But people complain all the time about people's kids, like being like, oh. Like, I can't find a sitter, and they're like, oh, well, fuck you. Like, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, no, like, like just I'll hang out with them. It's cool. Like, <laughs> you know. But I would be, dude, after everything you've been through, I'd be apprehensive about introducing people to my kids. I'm not surprised that you didn't even, I, I didn't even know you had kids. It's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. not surprised. Well, I, I do. I keep my kids and my social life separate because I don't want them to, like, end up attached to people that may not be around. And I know that I'm very quick to cut people off without a second thought. Oh, you're one of those. I am. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. How oh, nervous. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I can't cut anybody off. I do. I hold on for dear life until it hurts me. Well, like, until my fingers fall off. The last serious relationship that I had, the person came home to all their stuff packed on the front porch. Mm-hmm. You're cold. Yeah. I, I can be. Yes. I thought I was hurt. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. I haven't been through shit. I had a happy life. <laughs> yep. Um, he came home, and I had all of his stuff packed and sitting on the front porch. He gets out of the car. I said... I packed all your stuff for you to make it easier. Can I have my key back, please? Mm-hmm. That would destroy me. I know. Yeah, like, could you... Uh, like, I couldn't imagine. That would be... I remember when Cody and I broke up, I didn't pack his stuff, but I had gone to my mom's to stay the night because at the time we were both living at my dad's house, and I came back the next day, and literally all of his stuff was gone. And my room was a mess, and it felt like somebody had dropped a weight on my chest and I couldn't breathe. It sucked. I think I'm also, like, I I have, like, close friends, but I have a very, like, I, I have a lot of friends, but I have a very, like, close, like, circle of mm-hmm. people that I talk to, like, daily. And, like, people that I really, like, open up to. And, like, it would be, I, I did have a friend. I did, I had a bitch like you that like <laughs> sky that I did have a friend that cut me you know her too that cut me off with like no notice and like we were really close and like I was a big part of her life and she was a big part of mine and she just like ghosted me and that really sucked that hurt bad and like I don't know if it was warranted I still don't know what I did on my end but um if you don't know, then it probably wasn't. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> But, like, I also understand that, you know, you need to protect yourself. Like, your situation's different. You have four little lives that you need to take care of. And you have also, you have five counting yourself. And I don't blame you for having walls up. Um, I think it's very strong, too. And a lot of people will be like, oh, you're cold. You're you're horrible. You're mean. You're this. You're that. But I don't, I don't blame you at all for having walls up. And keeping to yourself and stuff. But I am very grateful that like in the past like year you've started started to like find yourself because I got to meet you. Mm-hmm. And I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be a good person. Yeah. You, I think I think you are. I, I actually look up to you in a lot of ways um from like a distance. But um I don't blame you for having walls up and cutting people off quick. You don't have fucking time to deal with this. You're like I've been doing this for 13 years like like let's like come on. Yeah, like, <laughs> I feel like what um I find very admirable, 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 ad- it out. admirable about you <laughs> is that you seem to have this really good sense of morality without being on a high horse. You know, you're like fair is fair, and I really like that about you um, because you don't have this holier than thou sense of being like I'm a good person. I've been through shit, so I always do the right thing. Me, like it's just your. It's just your reaction to be like, you treated me this way, I treat you this way. You did this, this happened to me, now I, you know, react with this. I wish I could do that. The reason that I have the mindset that I do is because I read this thing, I'd say like five or six years ago, and it was like, you cannot control other people's actions, right? Mm -hmm. 
But the only thing that you can control in the situation is how you respond or react. Mm-hmm. And when I'm engaging with someone, as long as I'm not like past my breaking point, I'm engaging to be heard and to hear. Mm-hmm. And I don't like situations where it's like someone's reacting just purely out of spite. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've been petty and I have my petty moments, but usually it's when I'm pushed past my breaking point and mm-hmm. there's a reason for it. So the only thing that I try to do is just control my reaction and my responses because, like I said, at the end of the day, those actions speak for themselves. Yeah. I love that mindset so much. I I, I, I love you, Sky. This is going to be a podcast of us being like, Sky's the best. <laughs> we the love cool. Sky. She's so great. Well, I, I think that we are past her time. Is there, like, any... Is there any other leading moments of advice that you have for any particular people or anything like that? Um, my biggest piece of advice is stay true to who you are. Um, find the things that are really important for you and learn to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Nice. Where did you go? Well, do you do you want people to find you? Do you want to yeah. drop social tags? You totally yeah, can. Yeah, you, you can. You can. You can tell the people where to find you. Okay. If, you if you don't want to, I understand. Yeah, um, <laughs> up to you. Yeah. Well, my tag on Instagram is skycifer underscore because nice. I got the cool nickname skycifer at my old job. I love it. <laughs> I'm a fan. That's where they can find your modeling pictures on yeah. Instagram. There yeah. You go. Well, again, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. I, it was really nice getting to know you in this kind of format. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it was really interesting to hear more about you and everything. Yeah, um, thank you for telling you your story. The time. This was a very, like, I was like, you should be on a podcast. I know. And she's <laughs> like, okay. I was like, sick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- thanks so much, guys, uh, for taking the time to listen to our friend Sky. Yes. Um, it was a, she probably has many stories to tell, which we may, we can even do one again in the future. Mm-hmm. Um but I appreciate having you on. I, I really enjoyed that. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Yeah. Well, um, you want to do the rate us five stars lingo? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Rate She's it. good at this, guys. Rate us five stars in the form of a comment um, letting me know what your favorite season is. I would love to know what your favorite season is. Give us five stars on Apple, on Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube. And you can follow our Instagram at Mean Podcast. Um, everything else is Mean Girls Suck Podcast, but Instagram had a weird handle. You're amazing. You're so talented at you that. You guys are amazing. There you go. Okay. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.